I think whatever software is out there, whether the software makes it a universal type of platform or the, the medium in which we're conveying that information is universal. I think that's the first step. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Rick Kramer. He is a senior technical consultant and Bluebeam certified instructor at Applied Software. He has over 20 years of experience with project delivery and workflows, as well as direct architectural experience with commercial, institutional, and federal projects. Rick has a passion for helping others work smarter, not harder. Welcome to the show, Rick. Hey, Todd. Thanks. Thanks for uh, inviting me. I'm excited to be here, I got to tell you. Although I, I really, as soon as we're done with this, I'm flying one of these airplanes. So I love the airplanes. Yeah, for know, those right? just listening, you got to go check out the video because Rick has an amazing collection of airplanes all behind him. That's right. All over here. How'd you get them all? What's yeah, the story behind them? One at a time. It's, it's like the story, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So I, I do the same thing. I, I have one plane at a time. Nice. You got a favorite one that's behind you? Do you, you actually know, fly them or do they just be on the wall? My, my favorite one is this red and white one right here. That, uh, that's my favorite plane. Right next to Bob Marley. Right over here. He's nice. always looking at him. There you go. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, it's great to have you officially on the podcast. You are actually one of the, the rare people that get to throw back to the uh, original bridging the gap back when we were uh, a Facebook live video series and That's you got right. to come on all the time. And I was shocked when I looked around and said, Rick Kramer has not actually been on the podcast version of this. Uh, we got to correct this mistake. Well, thank you. You know, it's good to be, it's good to be remembered and circle back to, uh, you know, the originators and it's good to uh, see your face as well. And uh, it's, you know, I love doing these, so it's always fun. And also, you know, bringing new new information to people out there that, you know, might have a different take on things. So definitely. Well, I always like to start with getting some backstory on people. So how did you get into the industry? So, um, well, I originally got into the industry in architecture growing up as a small kid. You know, it's funny. I wish I would have known this uh, question earlier. I have a photograph. If you can imagine a photograph of a young little Ricky Kramer who's around I don't know, six years old. And uh, I had a, uh, I was starting to construct buildings uh, with little Legos. And uh, actually, they weren't even Legos. They were Lincoln Logs, just to kind of show my oh, age. I love Lincoln, Lincoln Logs. Lincoln Logs. So Those are great. I was, oh, I was building a tower so high. And so I got into architecture. Now, I've always been fascinated by the technology in architecture. So one thing is to build the buildings. But the other is the technology behind it. So as you said, I love to work smarter, not harder. And I would see my fellow, fellow, fellow co-workers, um, you know, struggle. And I'm like, hey, did you know you can click here and click here to make your life a little bit easier? Mm -hmm. So little by little at every office I ever worked in, I was the guy that came for any kind of uh, technical support or questions. And uh, which brought me to applied software as, you know, really... Uh, 
kind of focusing on my passion of helping others. And so that's what I do every day is I help others understand the software, whatever the software might be, um, to fit their needs. And sometimes the software doesn't. And I've actually had a customer and I said, no, you know what? Keep drawing the way you're doing pen and paper. You know, you're 90 years old. There's no reason why you should uh, learn something new or maybe not. Um, you know, there is always an exception for the rule. Um, but I've always loved having the technology help us make our jobs easier uh, and it shouldn't mm -hmm. be a hindrance. It should be something that, uh, gives us the ability to do things easier. Yeah. I love that. that it's something that, that we hit on a lot that, you know, technology is a tool it's made to make your life easier. If it's making it way more complicated and, and harder. Let's Maybe take a look at right. what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we need to reevaluate the tool you're looking at. And, and that's the whole thing. I always equate to technology as a different type of tools. If you go to a construction site and take a look around, even virtually right now, if we were to just imagine a virtual site, uh, construction site, there's thousands of different tools that people are using all the time. And mm -hmm. you're going to use the right tool for the right thing. And so the same thing with software. Um, but understanding what the need is first without just grabbing a tool as necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. So let's dive into uh, a very big buzzword in the industry and that's collaboration. So to kind of frame the conversation, how do you define collaboration in AEC? So in the AEC industry, collaboration for me really came to the forefront of being able to work seamlessly with others remotely, wherever they are. And I could be collaborating with someone next door, but because of the new way of working, where like I'm working from home, you're working from home, probably half the workforce is mixed on coming into the office sometime and working remotely. Working mm -hmm. collaboratively gives us a seamless opportunity to work together. And when we're working collaboratively, it's a seamless integration. And that's, that's the goal. Yeah. So why should people care? Yeah. Why should people care? Well, at the end of the day, rework, right? I only want to do my job, whatever it is that I'm tasked to do and do it once. So if I can do it once correctly, then I don't have to redo it and I can move on to the next task, whatever that task may be, whether I'm working in office or in Autodesk software or Bluebeam, whatever it may be. Uh, mm -hmm. If I'm driving a nail, guess what? I only want to drive that nail in once. I don't want to have to pry up that nail and pound it in again. So whatever the task may be is doing it once and doing it right. Mm -hmm. Nice. Simple enough. Yeah. yeah. Who has time to rework? <laughs> exactly. We got so much on our plate. Uh, so traditionally in AC, I'm not breaking any news here. There's been this disconnect between architects and GCs. What technology trends have you been seeing lately that, that kind of help, pun intended here, I guess, bridge the gap, bridge the gap. in that workflow? You know, it's, it's funny. That has been a, ever since I started in architecture, there was always a, a, a disconnect between construction and architecture, even so much that the schools were in two different buildings. And so, you know, I look back at that now, and that really started the separation of the two industries as a reflection of what was going on in the time 30 years ago. And I think what really bridges the gap, per se, 
is technology, specifically the ability to visualize. And, you know, the, the, the old saying is a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Mm -hmm. And when we start to take a look at pictures, whether they're virtual reality, augmented reality, a PDF that we might be looking at collaboratively together, we're looking at something together that we both understand. And I say, this is an apple. And you go, yeah, this is exactly an apple. So now we can move on where before we would have to describe that. Let's say before we had any type of means of communicating that, I would say, hey, I'm writing this letter to you, right? Um, and if you think about the way that we did things 100 years ago, it was by a letter, right? And so I would describe the information to you in a letter. Well, now mm -hmm. we're doing FaceTime and I, I'm able to show this virtual thing, whatever it may be, and we're now on the same page. I think technology really is the key for a successful collaboration. And we're mm. seeing uh, technology come in more and more so. I think eventually we're going to see each other in three-dimensional avatars. We're not going to be uh, doing kind of this flat version of ourselves. Yeah. So what's the kind of the digital transformation then look like for AC in from your vantage point over the, the last few years? Well, for me, I think the biggest thing was the use of these guys, right? Cell phones. Uh -huh. We have pocket-sized computers where this was impossible uh, just not that long ago. So I believe the technology that we have in our hands, whether it's a cell phone or an iPad, really gives us that tool. And that's the, the tool because this can transform into anything. So now I can mm -hmm. capture videos. I can capture photos. I can do voice to text. I don't need a keyboard. Um, and all that information can be collaborated on using some type of cloud-based platform. Mm -hmm. So the the technology is is one aspect of it and has really come leaps and bounds over the, the right. last several years. Oh. The, the other side of that coin, I think, is the mindset shift that's required to A, embrace the technology, but B, and the, the bigger hurdle is embrace change. Nobody likes change. Uh, and, you know, especially <laughs> probably in the AC industry, we're a little bit more reluctant to, to change processes than maybe some others. How do you encourage the, the mindset change that is needed to better embrace collaboration? Well, you know, if anything, I would even say that the AEC industry actually excels at change. And here's the reason why, because there's always an influx of young minds. And the young minds that come out of school embrace technology. They were born with technology in their back pocket. And it's the old timers that really have to make that change, that really might have a struggle with the way that things were done on pen and paper. And now it's done digitally. And now it's mm -hmm. done even more transformatively um, with innovations that, uh, that change constantly. So being the fact that people inherently uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Are they lazy or they want to work smarter? And there's a little fine line between that, right? Um, I, hey, many of smart things came out of somebody trying to get out of work. So, <laughs> Right, exactly. They're like, wait a minute, if I can do this faster and easier, then I can get back to doing whatever it is that I want to do. You know, and um, the technology, I think, is embraced more so now because we've realized how dependent we are on it. When there's an outage on the web, I mean, everything comes to a halt. 
Um, so we've, if anything, become even more dependent on the technology. Applied Software believes that heroes are built. The men and women of construction are those heroes. In an effort to honor the dedicated workers who build our infrastructure and future, Applied Software is seeking to shine a spotlight on construction by providing lunch to Lucky Crews as part of Food Truck Fridays. Want your company spotlighted? Enter to win lunch on Applied by following three easy steps. Step one, post a picture of you and your crew on LinkedIn. Step two, tag Applied Software in your post. Step three, use the hashtag HeroesAreBuilt. Your crew just might be selected to be part of Food Truck Fridays. Mm -hmm. So you kind of entered in a, a third dynamic of a, my coin analogy breaks down at this point because there's not three <laughs> edges, but let's pretend. Okay. <laughs> I'm painting a picture. We got a three edge coin here and that's the multi-generational intergenerational uh, complexity of the industry. How, how do you encourage people to kind of work through that and, and create the uh, a, a conversation between the different generations so that it's not the the young technology enthusiast bucks coming in going up against the you know right. seasoned you know person and we've it, done it this way all it's something that i've seen a lot um even before technology there's always been someone in the firm who really is the seasoned architect right that mm -hmm. gentleman or person or lady um knows everything and has been around the block right and knows how to put a set of buildings together that uh requirement in architecture is to have an internship which requires a person coming out of college to intern with someone who knows more than they do so that they can mm -hmm. show them the ropes i think that same requirement needs to still hold fast in a technology environment where people coming into a new culture a new company have to have some type of internship that internship is all right, how do we do things? And it's not just, here's where our printer is, here's where the coffee maker is, a workflow, how things are done, uh, so that they can also uh, interject and bring in some new ideas, some new fresh blood, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. A couple episodes back, we we had a, a guest, her name's Shannon Tomasco, and she's a ambassador for the skilled trades. And we, we had a, a conversation about the apprenticeship model and how that's the kind of perceived as the alternative model to traditional college and that route. But what we talked about was how really the apprenticeship framework and, and model is how it's always been done in the industry. Somebody seasoned takes on somebody that's more junior and teaches them the ropes. And I think that's kind of what you're, you're getting at there with the, the internship of taking somebody on your wing, giving them the knowledge, giving them the kind of that, that skill transfer, knowledge transfer. Um, exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Uh, so, is it possible to bring different stakeholders across AEC to the table in construction to all be working together with real live information of the project? You know, it's interesting. So, to bring people together, it requires everyone to have, first of all, a medium that is universal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we start talking about different types of mediums, if we're just looking at 
uh, types of file types. Just to kind of keep it big picture, you know, there's a variety of different file types. So if we were to look at a document at the same time, we would have to start looking at a common platform and whatever that platform or that software might be. Um, and for me, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta say the universal platform, uh, for me really has been doing everything on PDFs because it's easily accessible to everyone. You know, mm. um, it's an application that allows everyone to pretty much, it's a, a universal file type that can be opened up on any software, any, any application that's out there, uh, ambiguous or analogy. No, it's not ambiguous. I'm thinking of the different word. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a iOS, Apple, PC, Android, uh, you know, maybe Blackberry, yeah. but I think Blackberry's gone. So <laughs> it was cool there for a little bit. <laughs> it was, it was very cool with the QWERTY keyboard, but it was uh, the trackball that always got me. Mine always yeah. got stuck and uh, that was frustrating, <laughs> but, uh, you know, to kind of circle back to your question, having the, the same type of language, right? So if we just look at it from a language perspective, if we were to get together with four or five people, well, how do we communicate? Well, we communicate using the same language. If we equate yeah. language to software, then, or that platform, whatever it is, that widget that we're looking at in the model, um, that model really is the real physical building, but it's represented electronically. So how is it represented electronically is the common language that we have to use to communicate better with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think that on the surface, that sounds so simple, but it, yet it's so profound of communicating with the, the same language there and, and helping to define the terms and make sure that everybody's on the same page, because I think that's been a stumbling block in the industry is that there's so many different software types and platforms that people can be on. And so, you know, the, the architect might be in, in theirs, the GCs in theirs, the, the subs are in theirs, and the information doesn't necessarily always flow perfectly to the other systems. And mm -hmm. then you have to kind of rework and put it in your own system, even though you got it from something else, you know? And so it's, there's all this complexity to it, but if we could kind of simplify that down, have everybody operating in with the, that same common language, common platform. Same, same, same yeah. language. You know, I think a big as difference. Long as everyone is speaking the same language of a plat of, of, you know, not even a platform, just, it could be different platforms, but imagine if there was different platforms that all uh, have a universal decoder, right? So if you're mm -hmm. speaking one language and I'm speaking another, we automatically hear each other live in that version. Mm -hmm. So I think whatever software is out there, whether the software makes it a universal type of platform or the, the medium in which we're conveying that information is universal. I think that's the first step and um, really taking file types, the way that we manage drawings in the construction industry into a universal file type is going to be the first step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does it mean? And then really, what does it look like to empower construction teams with technology? And then a uh, second component, how does that, how does that actually practically play out on a job site? You know, it goes back to a, a digital format and having everything at your fingertips, right? So you'll see contractors and architects out on the job site with, uh, instead of bringing, hold on a minute, oh my God, this, right? 
Holy moly. <laughs> big brick. I mean, this big brick. Forget about it. Um, instead, my iPad, which is in the other room, is that portable computer, right? And so I think the technology is there for us. And it's an overabundance of technology at our fingertips, like an iPad, that gives us the ability or any digital platform, cell phones, iPads, uh, tablets, that computing power really gives us the ability to transform it. And it's it's available to everyone. Mm -hmm. So you're a Bluebeam certified instructor. I, I wanna, yeah. want you to instruct me here. How does, how does Bluebeam then kind of play into this whole process of, of collaboration and, and bringing those stakeholders together and kind of bringing all those pieces into right. to one box? Well, I'm glad you asked because <laughs> Bluebeam gives us the ability to utilize the most common software platform, the most common file type platform, I should say, as a PDF. It's it can be, it's as the most universal file type known uh, in the digital industry. Um, I think outside of a TXT file, right? And so a PDF can be opened by anyone and Bluebeam gives us the ability to take that ordinary PDF and what I call elevate it to PDF 2.0. And what I mean by that is Bluebeam gives us the ability to overlay information on top which then can be uh, collaborated on very easily using Bluebeam Studio and Bluebeam Studio projects and sessions. And hopefully, uh, by the time everyone's listening to this, sometime mid-summer, Bluebeam is coming out with a brand new platform that is cloud-based. And so that it'll be, you'll be able to work on any type of document, work with others, and it doesn't matter what device they're using. As long as it has a digital screen in front of it and it in, fits in your hand, you can collaborate with others. And so you'll be able to see in real time those PDFs and those construction documents and make comments back and forth and never worry about, do I, did I send a text message or an email? Those things will be in the past. Communication will be at the pinnacle of creating smart PDFs and being able to exchange that information easily. Mm. And Bluebeam really excels at that. There's no other software platform out there that really kind of um, addresses the construction industry as a whole, from architecture to engineers to contractors. It is one uh, software that kind of is a Swiss army knife of all. Yeah, nice. Well, what do you think makes Bluebeam unique in, in the factor to be that that Swiss Army knife. What's the what's the empowering aspect I of it? I think primarily ease of use. If it's a tool that's easy to use, everyone is going to use it. And Bluebeam mm -hmm. gives us a very easy to use tool. And even if we just use one tool out of that Swiss Army knife, uh, Bluebeam can be used in a lot of customers that I talk to. They say, "Oh well, we only we know that we only use ten percent of the the application." And we love it. And I say, oh, by mm -hmm. the way, did you know that you could do this? And they're like, what? And I say, oh my gosh, we can save so much more time now. Um, Bluebeam, again, it goes back to ease of use and the ability for everyone to use it from back of house to front of house. Yeah, nice. What's, uh, what's one of the, the best kept secrets about Bluebeam that people should know about? 
Uh, well, I would say Bluebeam Studio projects and sessions. So no matter what version of or edition of Bluebeam you own, you have access to storing your documents and sharing your documents, any file type whatsoever, not just PDFs. If it's an electronic file, you can store it online and invite others to participate and collaborate using any kind of platform. Right now, um, that's, that's a huge game changer. So I can invite everyone to this project, no matter what type of file type, and it's going to be their computer is going to be that universal translator. So I provide all the documentation on a studio project in Bluebeam. And then the PC or Mac um, just opens up the correct application. And I can start to edit my document and store it back into the cloud for everyone else. If I'm using what's called Bluebeam Sessions, it uses the universal PDF language, which then anyone can be invited to this project session and be able to collaborate and see each other's markups live, mm -hmm. which is amazing nice. because yeah. I can be uh, in my, the comfort of my own home and the contractor can be three states or five states away working on a job site. And as they're walking through the job site, they can physically take their iPad or cell phone uh, in the future of the cell phone, but currently the iPad and take pictures. So documenting the issues live on a job site putting them on a PDF, and then immediately I see it. And at the end of the day, it's a PDF, which gives everyone the ability to look at and review that drawing, regardless mm -hmm. of application. And yeah, it, it opens up so much possibilities. Oh, it does. It does. I mean, anytime I've worked with subcontractors or engineers or manufacturers, the first thing I say, do you have a PDF cut sheet of fill in the blank? They're like, yeah, of course, here you go. Um, and that ease of use and just giving of the technology or giving of the the information via pdf bluebeam accelerates that and gives us the ability to mark up those drawings add additional layers of information as well as communicate effectively between all different stakeholders mm -hmm. that's awesome so as we we start to to land the the plane here i want to pivot and really dive into some innovation topics one of my favorite topics so when does innovation move from just big fancy buzzword that people throw around to really being practical in your mind? So um, it really is when it's the innovation, when it becomes, how, how could I say it? it? It's almost as if innovation is at its best when you don't see it and it becomes transparent and it just is there. You're mm -hmm. just next thing you know, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I didn't even know this was the, the you know, I, I, a new tool and I'm starting to use yeah. it and I'm working easier. I'm like, oh, you know what? I can I can do this easier. So innovation, I think, is is something that is constantly evolving and it's best when you don't even know it's happening. And next thing you know that you're you're already working more efficiently. And I think the yeah. first step is really diving into the, the the deep end of the pool or even the shallow end of the pool of Bluebeam. Nice. So what you mentioned, diving in first and kind of figuring out, testing it out on Bluebeam, what, what would be the starting point that people should dip their toes in? Well, it's interesting. So Bluebeam's website uh, gives the opportunity to download a free trial for 30 days. 
and there's tutorials built into the software, which is unheard of uh, in our industry, in the, in, in the software industry, where built into the software are tutorials and training. And then you can also reach out to folks like ourselves at Applied Software to go and get additional training, live training, um, and really kind of hone in on those skills. Webinars, uh, bridging the gap, all these digital type of platforms that we bring information and communicate, really the first step is download the software, play around with it. And I think you'll find it's very, very easy to use. Mm, nice. Well, that sets up for the, how do people find out more information and connect with you? Well, that's easy. The best way to communicate and get a hold of me is reach out to us at bluebeam at asti.com. That's bluebeam. Right here. Wait a minute. In case you missed it, Bluebeam <laughs> at asti.com. Nice. Awesome. And you do a uh, what's called the office hours, right? Mind right. talking and about that monthly, and sharing what those are? Yeah. Monthly, we have our office hours. I don't know if you can tell, but it's getting dark outside. I just noticed like half my side is just completely <laughs> dark. There's a thundercloud coming out here. Um, let's go back to your question. Welcome to Florida. It's in yeah, the afternoon, you know, so it it's, it's rain. Right. So um, every month at Applied Software, we have what's called office hours. And so that is a complimentary service as a way of saying thank you to our customers, where every month, if you check our calendar, you can attend a free one hour session and bring your questions uh, to our one hour open office hour where you can ask any kind of question. Or if there's no questions, I always provide some type of tips and tricks on using Bluebeam. Nice. Love that interaction, the, the openness to have that conversation. That's great. Uh, all right. So final question for you. What does innovation mean to you? Uh, innovation mean to me is making my job easier. Nice. Work smarter, not harder. Work smarter, not harder. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rick, for, for coming on the podcast officially and not just in the, hey. the live stream. This is awesome. My pleasure. The conversation. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you all. Todd, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I uh, can't wait to come back on again, hopefully with some better weather. So uh, <laughs> brightens up my face over here. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, so dark. <laughs> Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software production. Copyright Applied Software 2022.